we're gonna enjoy this tonight, but on Friday, we're gonna have another team meeting and we're gonna get locked in on next year. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Protect the Rock, the Athletics Clemson football podcast. I'm Nicole Auerbach, joined as always by Grace Rayner, who survived the heat and humidity that was Saturday. Grace, how is the hair? How much frizz? Like, how how do you survive something like that? It was so hot, and I realized that that's like very unfair coming from a media member when all of these players are out here playing in this, but it was like you need to take an immediate shower hot. It was disgusting at Clemson this weekend. I feel like it was hot pretty much everywhere, but especially in the Deep South. I mean, do do you think that – is there any way to prepare for that from a playing standpoint? Like, probably not, right? You just make sure you're hydrated and you've got fans. Yeah, it was interesting because when we were talking to Coach Sweeney after the game and Jeff Scott, Clemson's co-offensive coordinator, they both had said they both like went out of their way to tip their hats to Clemson's strength and conditioning staff, and they both had said that mm-hmm. they really thought everyone was fresh and hydrated. So whatever they did this summer, I guess it worked. But just from the outsider perspective, um, yeah, I don't know. I felt like I was dying. I guess we need to be in the strength and conditioning program, maybe. Next <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get Joey Betts in and yell at me a little bit. Ooh, I feel like I feel like we would last like one hour. We would need those like the puke bins <laughs> off on the side. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, I can barely survive like an Orange Theory class, and um, <laughs> I imagine <laughs> that is like the bare minimum for college athletes at the Division One level. Um, but but in all seriousness, Grace, so you were there. Um, you know, we're going to get into some of the stuff that I was doing on Saturday because I was watching football, but also a little distracted with my best friend getting married. But you were there. You were watching this defensive masterpiece, basically, um, from Brent Venables. Walk me through how exactly it happened. I mean, this was a Texas A&M team and quarterback in Kellen Mond, who by far were the biggest challenge that this team had a year ago. And it wasn't at all that kind of game. I mean, there was no doubt, probably, I mean, I guess it stayed scoreless for a little while, but pretty early on, I mean, it just felt like Clemson had control of the game. Once they put some points on the board, it it didn't seem like Kellen Mond was going to be able to move the ball at all well enough to actually make a dent in that lead. Yeah, it was interesting. I feel like we probably should have seen the writing on the wall. It, obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty. But when we talked to Brent Venables on Tuesday, you could just kind of tell that he, like, this guy's always intense and he's always, it was like, it was funny listening to his players kind of describe what he's like during the week. But I don't know, there was just something about him that you could just tell he was really locked in. And I think that I had even asked him about his battles with Jimbo over the years and just the way he answered it. He had said something about like, I don't care that it's Jimbo Fisher. I don't care if it's Nick Saban. Like I spend zero time reflecting on that. And I, and I don't think that he, I didn't get a vibe that he meant it like disrespectfully, but mm-hmm. just to start with, you could kind of tell like, okay, he's locked in. He doesn't want to hear this. Like Jimbo has his number narrative. And so I think it started with that. And then honestly, I mean, you look at just the the way that he attacked the game plan yesterday. He played a lot of dime package, Clemson did. They bought pressure everywhere. I mean, Kellen Mond had a big gash on his face. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were really physical. This young D-line held up the way that they wanted them to. Just, just everything that he wanted them to execute, they all did it perfectly. And, and it was very clear very early that Kellen Mond was not in a groove and it was going to probably be a long day for him. So that actually, uh, we solicited some some questions on Twitter, and one we got from Peter Hoffman 
was basically about that. So I wanted to, to bring it up now. Um, Peter asked us, scheme-wise, what was the biggest thing Clemson did on defense to confuse Mond and perplex their offense? So you mentioned dime packages. I mean, clearly the, the secondary was a focal point. I mean, like we, we were talking about this before we started recording, but like was it that they knew they couldn't get the deep ball going or that they didn't even want to attempt it because of – how much pressure and how effective all the guys throughout the secondary have been. So I think it was a mixture of both, but I think, you know, th- th- clearly like the, even the safeties were providing pressure. Like it was just not a day to throw the ball around the field if you're Callan Mond. Yeah, so it was interesting after the game – Dabo was obviously asked a lot of questions about Venables and his plan. And, you know, Venables is a guy who everything is in the preparation. And so a lot of people were curious just hmm. about what that looked like. And and Dabo had said that Clemson came into this game against Texas A&M with six, about six different personnel calls. And by contrast, Georgia, for the Georgia Tech game last week, they, I think they had two. Um, so... So, yeah, this is a week where Clemson just wanted to mix things up. Venables rolled out that dime package. Uh, it was interesting. Tanner Muse, the Clemson senior safety, was kind of walking us through how everything kind of came together. And he was just saying, look, part of our plan was to make Kellen Mon as indecisive as possible. And then they wanted to put an emphasis on disrupting Texas A&M's O-line, its tight ends. Uh, Clemson brought pressure really from all three levels, whether it was their linebackers, their corners, their safeties. And I think this year we kind of saw, okay, this is what Dabo Sweeney and Brent Venables are talking about when they're saying this back end is way more experienced and we feel so much better about the secondary. Like you saw Kayvon Wallace with that sack. You saw Tanner Muse with the pick. You saw Nolan Turner force a fumble. So this is just the experience, too, that Clemson was tapping into on top of a really creative defensive coordinator who makes $2 million a year for a reason. Yeah, I was just going to say he certainly earned his keep. Um, and, and just to to back up what you're saying with some of these numbers, I mean, Kellen Mond was 24 of 42, one touchdown, one interception. That touchdown was basically right at the end of the game, only affected certain people who maybe had certain amounts of money on the game. Um, you know, he had 236 yards total, but 121 of them were in the fourth quarter when the game was pretty much over. Um, you know, he he was sacked twice. There was pressure throughout. Um, and, and it's just, it is unusual, even if Brent Venables didn't want to admit that, you know, he, he's paying attention that it's Jimbo Fisher, but like from your story on Saturday night, I mean, this is the only a third time in Jimbo's head coaching career that his team has held a 10 points or fewer. And that's just a crazy statistic. That's great. That's a nutso um, stat. It, yeah. In this day and age in college football, especially, um, you know, because when you, when you think of like Jimbo's Florida state teams, this isn't that that the scoring was not a problem um and and especially coming off of what they did last year well, one other thing staying on the defense that i that i really appreciated was brent venables saying hey we know what happened last year we know we gave up 501 total yards of offense and it's not i love this it's not like we live in la la land and act like what are you talking about that never happened fake news i just love when people use the term fake news appropriately <laughs> like that is the correct usage. Thank you, Brent Venables. Thank you, Brent Venables. It is not fake applause. news. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> it is not fake news. That did happen. Um, and so I, I think, like, it's twofold when you have someone who is so tightly wound, such a great motivator, such a great schemer, um, and with, with a particular 
not like a not like a revenge game or, or you know whatever, but something to prove about that particular opponent. It, it really did all come together. Um, and I think just you know when you watch back this game, because again I didn't watch all of it live, you really are just the the number one thing that jumps out is the pressure. It's just constant throughout. The idea of not wanting Kellen Mond to ever get comfortable comes across almost every single snap. Um, yeah. Shout out to the ACC instant. Network, by the way. They do condensed games. and oh, the best. They put them on yeah. YouTube. They are amazing. But it just, you know, when you're watching the plays back to back to back to back, and it's just like, Kayvon Wallace with pressure. Oh, and Kellen Mond, incomplete. <laughs> oh, he's scrambling. He's scrambling. Oh, eh, incomplete. Incomplete. Oh, and they try to run and oh, stuff to the line of scrimmage. Like, just over and over the amount of pressure and the same names that you're hearing just really jump out at you. Um, and, and I thought it was it was particularly telling because I guess basically all offseason we've only talked about Clemson's offense. Basically, yeah. we've said that there are questions about the defense, questions about the front, and again, things related to that, like the pressure that they would apply. And in the biggest game of the season, because this is going to be... I mean, I imagine they'll be what two touchdown favorites in pretty much every. Oh yeah, they're co- game they're the rest coasting of this from here. Like that was huge. That it was a defensive statement. I mean, Trevor was great. T. Higgins, great. Justin great. Ross, like they had their <laughs> highlight moments, but it really was a statement about the defense. Yeah, definitely. And that's just that's kind of part of Venables' makeup. You know, this he's just so you know it's really fascinating to hear his players talk about him. And, and Tanner Muse was saying last night that it can be a situation where like maybe an opposing receiver is wide open and he only gets three yards and everyone's like, oh, good, and everyone's clapping. And Venables is like losing it. You know, he's like screaming <laughs> well, on the sidelines. When is he ever not losing it? That's <laughs> that's truly the question. Like to hear these people. Uh, just kind of not imitate him, but just give you a little bit of a of a glimpse into how he conducts himself on a Wednesday afternoon when no one is around or what he is like on the practice field. I mean, he is just so meticulous. And so I guess we shouldn't be surprised when we see him go out and, and put together a game plan like he did on Saturday. But still, every time it's like it just seems like he just loses all this talent and so much talk was made of the D-line leaving. And then, boom, here we are uh-huh. again. It's week two, and, and they look fine. And so um, I think that's a credit to him. And, and obviously Clemson wants to keep him desperately, and they've compensated him accordingly. But his his mind just works differently than the rest of us do. And I, I just think that's so fascinating. His, his mind definitely does, um, and, and it's just such a, you know, he he is in that wave of these coordinators who first became, you know, million-dollar-a-year coordinators, and, and now two, but the ones that are at that level really do coach at a different level, really do prepare at a different level, um, and really do execute at, at a different level, too. So I, I think it was it was a huge statement. Um, you know, it was just it's one of those other things. I know we're running out of like things to nitpick Clemson for, but if you're if you're on their schedule, like it's just another thing that's like great. That's gonna keep me up at night. Like that's just great. Like even the one right. remote area that you were like, well, let's let's wait and see, is as dominant as ever. Um, and, right. and so I, I think that, you know, when, when people are looking for nitpicking things, I, I guess people are still looking at Trevor a little bit. Um, you know, he threw an interception again for, for the second straight game. And so we got a question from Chris Holder on Twitter, and I'll, I'll let you take a stab at this first, Grace. Um, 
The question from Chris is, interceptions aside, is Trevor Lawrence making the correct reads when throwing the football, or is he getting bailed out by his receivers? Yeah, that's a good question. And, you know, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, Trevor is a court. Obviously, he's there's a reason why all these NFL GMs at the end of the championship game last year were like, we would take this kid number one right now. You know, he's mm-hmm. an amazing quarterback and he's very cerebral and he sees things just the way Clemson wants him to see them. But on the other hand, if he's not completely immaculate or he's maybe a little sloppy, he's got T. Higgins going up and catching it and Justin Ross going up and catching it. And so, yeah, these guys, I mean, he, he says all the time himself, you can just throw it in the area and they'll go get it. And I'm sure you saw the, the T. Higgins grab, even on the condensed version. I would imagine that was pretty, yes, pretty sweet it was in there. video for him. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, in the and, stadium, it was nuts. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, like with both of them, and we saw it in the college football playoff last year, but both of them are such elite receivers. And part of that trend of these just crazy talented receivers coming out of Clemson that you can totally see, like they can adjust in the air. They can twist, contort their body. Like they can make up so much ground. So, so I think the question is really good because it's almost like that will matter when we get to like the playoff, but it doesn't necessarily matter in every single passing play in the regular season because of those guys talent. Right. And it's, I mean, it's crazy to think that Justin Ross played one play in this game a year ago. I mean, just the, the fact that it seems like it's just such a pipeline of these guys that are going to be pumped out next year. It'll probably be Frank Latson and Joseph Ngata that were like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe they weren't well, much of a factor. And, and, and Joseph Ngata had, had, had his moment in the game too. I mean, like these guys are, it, it is just an incredible what is it like a like a factory line like they're just like pumping these receivers out Amari Rogers back like that was insane like there, there's just so many things that happen in this game that just again I just keep thinking like if you're anyone who has to play Clemson like these are all just terrifying things like to come back from an ACL six months later and be able to play like who does that that's insane oh my gosh I know just the fact that his and his rehab was just he hit every single benchmark ahead of time and it was crazy Dabo was saying that he was I, I wrote about this in the athletic it'll be on the site this week but Dabo was saying that he was looking for every reason to not play Amari because he was just he just like could not wrap his head around how could this guy possibly be ready and then Amari sent him a text message on Thursday and was like please trust me like I'm ready so <laughs> please please let me in I mean that but that is insane I mean the timelines on some of these injuries and rehab in general I mean it, it, it you know like for a normal person it's what like a year year and a half whatever and then some of these athletes come back like nine months and you're like oh my gosh that's amazing but six months six. after that type of injury six months and yeah. surgery like that that just is 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 otherworldly and and it's a great story and again I mean I would say like again looking for nitpicking things like are there enough catches out there for all these guys but like I just don't feel like that's an issue I I don't feel like they have you know anyone who's gonna be salty about not getting as many target like get targeted as much as the other guy in a game like I I just don't get that vibe at all yeah, I don't either. And so, yeah, like circling back to this Twitter question, it's like Trevor is an elite quarterback, obviously, and he makes good decisions and he puts the ball right where it needs to be. But it's it's a it's a two way street here, and so it's it's just kind of an unfair treasure chest of jewels that they have at this point. Um, but yeah. Clemson, they also play a ton of players. I mean, 
I don't know how I mean, I'll have to go back and, and count how many people had a catch yesterday or Saturday, but um, they just I don't know. It, it just seems like every week there's someone else getting into the fold as they continue to develop these young receivers while also keeping the their starters, you know, elite and getting the number of snaps they want them to get. To answer your question, nine, nine different nine players caught passes. Yes. Including Travis um, Etienne. Big day for him. Yes. Yeah, we haven't even talked about him. Like, that's the embarrassment of riches Big on this day roster. Big for him. Yeah, they Huge were they day were for him. that. Yeah, well, and we and we got another question. We got great questions this week um, from Tim Martin. Tim asked us, ETN, catching and running in space is a beautiful thing. Think we'll get to see this more prominently going forward. And my answer would be, I hope so. Like, yeah. it really, the way that they were setting him up and, and just to – to put him in those situations where there's just even, I mean, obviously sometimes he just had basically the wide open field in front of him, but other times like he just, he takes a little pocket and just bursts through. Like he is such an exciting player um, and just so good. Like on that second level, like I, I, I hope we get to see more of that. Oh, same. Yeah. It was cool afterwards because Dabo had said that they were in the locker room and he made a big deal out of Travis having a career receiving day. You know, he caught, Four, he had four catches for 52 yards, and that's that's a big deal for a guy like Travis Etienne who has had a hard time catching the ball. Like, this is something that he has really worked on. He went to Trevor Lawrence over the offseason and was like, can you help me with this? And Dabo had said that he made a big deal about it in the locker room and that Travis just kind of goofy, kind of smiled. Um, but this is, this is a part of his game that has just been – if you understand just how – much he has worked on this and how he struggled with it so much in the past like this was a big deal for him on Saturday absolutely and again just another weapon <laughs> another guy like again when you're game planning for this team like who are you going to take away who are you going to try you can try to shut down one element of this offense but you're not going to be able to to shut down all of these playmakers and I think that that like when I look at Clemson's upcoming schedule and like I said the rest of the way I mean I, I would imagine at least double digit favorites in every game remaining um, but even like this week is Syracuse and and we have talked about how for some reason you know it's kind of been this kryptonite game for them the last two years and obviously last year there was also an injury so you know that that was an issue and that was right after Kelly Bryant left and there was a lot going on um, but they were able to beat them two years ago. But you have a Syracuse team that doesn't have Eric Dungey anymore and just got blitzed by Maryland Blasted. and Mike Loxley. Right. And I don't, like, even as much as I would love to convince myself that this could be a game because Syracuse is their kryptonite, like, that's not, that, that is not going to happen. No, um, it's not. And then, then you've got Charlotte. Then you've got North Carolina. That that game to me is one because you know right after that's Florida State again a dicey. They just could not right. be dicier to start the season. That poor tight end. I felt so bad for him. <laughs> he was like yeah. went viral on Twitter for lining up. Yeah. Backwards. Well, again, like I I don't feel that bad. for Whatever. He's going to college for situation. free. Yeah, he's fine. Well, but also like that was like entirely on you. So um, that's a separate <laughs> thing. The only game that is more interesting to me than I would have said three days ago is North Carolina on September 28th. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, if you're looking at it now, like do North Carolina and Clemson both go into this game 4-0? Clemson does for sure. Um, North Carolina, I mean, what do they have next? I think they have Wake Forest and App State. I mean, you might be looking at a, maybe this is a primetime matchup between Dabo Sweeney and Mac Brown. But yeah, 
that game definitely got more interesting after North Carolina Miami on Saturday. Yeah, and, and again, like you know, it's 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 about coaching and it's about this freshman quarterback and Sam Howell, but it's it's just it also kind of speaks to the fact that the ACC is is Clemson and and drop 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 off like right. than everybody else because right. we had been talking ourselves into Miami and Manny Diaz and how they didn't need to take you know like that they were gonna you know potentially contend in the coastal they're not that far off they go and lose to North Carolina coming off a two-win season brand new coach like I mean listen North Carolina is a great story and I, I think it's it's your alma mater and it's one of the best stories we've had in college football so far this season that and Mac and Mike Loxley being 2-0 and no one saw that coming no one saw but that coming. I think this is gonna be another scenario where we're gonna talk ourselves into that being a big game yeah kind of like and we did with A&M which yeah. it should have been it definitely it wasn't been. yeah it I was kind of let down yeah, I mean, it was, it wasn't like the the billing of the two, you know, the Texas schools and and the Texas A and M Clemson game and then Texas LSU, like not even close in terms of like which was a better game, which one was more compelling, which one had teams of similar caliber. It was yeah. the nightcap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just I don't know. I don't know with Texas A and M. Like, I mean, just last week we were on this podcast and I was like, I just feel like this line is too big. Like, I don't feel like Clemson's going to blow them out and. And then we get into this game, and it just gets so rocky and so, you know, just off for A&M from the get-go. And you're like, oh, my goodness, is this, this is going to be a thing again. Like, Clemson's going to yeah. blow another team out that just happens to be the number 12 team in the country. So, yeah, I mean, the rest of this schedule, yeah, I there's, know Debo. There, I was yeah. just going to say, there's always that phase in the game. And I remember feeling this in the title game against Alabama, where you're like, all right, like, time to pick it up other team like make right. a game <laughs> right right and then it just doesn't happen and I felt that in the AM game as well yeah and it feels like too once you get behind with a team like Clemson on the other end it's kind of just like good luck catching up and, and crawling up the rest of that mountain I mean I don't I, I don't know what it's like to be behind to against other teams but being behind against Brent Venables on one side and then Jeff Scott, Tony Elliott, and Dabo Sweeney on the other side with Trevor Lawrence, you know, running the show. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, good luck to you and yours. Yeah. And so, I mean, I would say, like, let's do our little, like, weekly kind of look at the playoff picture. Uh, nothing has changed for Clemson. Nothing clearly. has changed, clearly. <laughs> uh, not. I would say nothing has changed overall, except, you know, now that we could probably consider LSU potentially in that upper echelon of teams that could come yes. out of the SEC. Yes. Um, I still think it's more in the Georgia situation where it's like you're almost there, but you still haven't, you know, like Alabama's still top dog. Um, but I, I really think that's the only change that we have seen. And, and maybe my alma mater, Michigan, I, I would not consider them in the short list of teams that look playoff <laughs> caliber with yeah. what they did against Army. And it, it wasn't it wasn't the option that did it. It was a lot of self-inflicted things. So. You know, I, I think that's really it for the change, and 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 maybe that we're running out of Pac-12 teams that are undefeated and kind of could could get their way in there. Um, but I think you know the the Clemson and Alabama pencil them in; they're still there. Right. The likelihood of getting two SEC teams still there, um, and that's kind of where we're at. And and I, I so I don't know you know how much more time it's worth dwelling on it. Um, you know, I think there were, there were other more interesting things that happened in college football this weekend. Like, uh, you know, Hugh Freeze oh was in the, <laughs> in the dentist chair. chair. 
<laughs> Which, by the way, did you see the price of that thing? It costs like five thousand dollars. That's insane. Like, so it's that, like it's is it's, it like from like an actual dentist office? chair? That's insane. I, I think it's a medical like a medical chair. Yeah, I saw the pictures of it again. I have questions about how it got into the press box. Um, but that thing, I mean, yeah, I know we were laughing like a couple of us at the athletic were looking it up and then all of a sudden all of us are getting all these ads for dental chairs. So I got to like, <laughs> stop. I got to start Googling something else. But that yeah, thing is a being, piece of art. Mark Zuckerberg is aware of our, he of is our interests in aware. dentist in dentist chairs. <laughs> um, and to, so to be honest, like that wasn't even the weirdest part of the college football weekend for me because I was at my best friend's wedding. That it had to have been so weird, like a Saturday in the fall. It was bizarre. Well, it was bizarre because I, I was just thinking about this, like, on Sunday, how it would have been so great. I was looking at, like, the upcoming weekend schedule and how, like, blah it is. You have no uh, ranked teams robbed. playing other ranked teams. I was like, that's the weekend it should have gotten married. How did they not plan this around the TV schedule of college football? But, you know, it was fine. But it was it was funny because the bride is a Florida State grad. And oh, yes, Florida I do remember State was in overtime against Louisiana Monroe, like during it was during the reception. And I was, you know, our company, our college athletic, uh, the athletic college football team, the Slack was there was a bunch of people talking about they couldn't watch it because it was on ACC Network. And, you know, they were having trouble with with the ESPN app and in, in their cable provider and all that. And so I had it. So I felt like a duty to be watching that game at this wedding. So I had it on like, my phone. <laughs> I had a glass like a of town champagne messenger. in my other hand. <laughs> and I was like, I was watching it. Um, and then, like, I did go to the DJ at one point because, like, I just, I thought that the crowd would be interested in it. Oh, um, boy. Wait, did, so the bride didn't know? You just went straight up to DJ and were like, tell this woman what's going well, they on? Were, okay, they were doing toasts. So, like, the DJ was introducing, you know, the father of the bride and the, and the maid of honor and they were all doing toast. So I just thought like, Hey, in your transition, if you want to mention that Florida state is an overtime and then like the ultimate follow up, like that they won based on the missed extra point. Like I just thought it would be useful information. There was a lot of sorority sisters from Florida state in that the needed audience. To know. That needed to know. I was so did you wait until they had won or else. did you do it already? Okay. Well, this is my, might be where you judge me. Oh my gosh, you are an <laughs> evil person and I love it. I went, I ran you over to the DJ as, as soon as it went to overtime. <laughs> That's so, amazing. It was a little dicey at that point. Yeah, for real. I'm pretty proud of you for not getting kicked out of this wedding, honestly. Yeah, well, but no, but here, here's the follow-up. The DJ didn't do it. He didn't share my, my information. Well, maybe he I didn't want the bride to come like start sobbing in the middle of her maybe of her toes. she already had she cried a lot so like yeah, they were very happy tears like that, yeah i mean but she had waterproof makeup on like it was <laughs> she was fine she'd survived the tougher part but it, it is weird being you know totally disconnected at like an event like that because we always joke about how people should never plan 
you know, fall weddings, fall Saturday weddings. But, like, of course you should. You should get married whenever you want to. <laughs> whenever you want. You should go when it's your, lo- when it's your, you know, your family or your best friends. You obviously should go. Um, but there is, like, a weird sense of camaraderie with people who care about, like, random things like Florida State going to overtime against Louisiana Monroe. Because, like, there were people at my table who, you know, I was updating about how the game was going. Oh, yeah. And so it's, pull that it's, up it's, it's kind of funny. Yeah, it's like, you know, like it's it's kind of fun to do that stuff, um, you know, every once in a while. And, and also just be around all these people who are not spending their Saturdays on their couch from noon until 2 a.m. or like 5 a.m. thanks to Washington this weekend. Oh, my so gosh. <laughs> it was it was an interesting experience. But like I said, like, thank God for these YouTube channels that these conferences do and they upload full games and they do condensed games. Um, Because I really didn't feel like I missed much. I mean, like, it was an awesome day of college football and all these wild and wacky things happened. But between the fact that, like, plays and and things go viral instantly on Twitter and that I'm too plugged in to actually, you know, not have my phone with me, like, I was able to keep up with pretty much everything. Um, And then you wrote something on, like, a shuttle, didn't you? Yes. Well, yes. Yes. I did. I wrote about the decisions that define the day. Amazing content. No one should ever question your dedication to your craft. I yeah, I I was not off. I you know wrote decisions that define the day, and two of them two of them were from before the wedding festivities began, but two of them were were after. But like I said, I mean, we have a great staff and great teamwork, but also like these moments and these these plays and um, decisions that either like make or break a game, like everyone like they go viral instantly like everything is uploaded almost instantaneously and it's fascinating because you're like oh like you know you look down your phone you're like oh I just missed something crazy happened the LSU game and then it's like boom here's the third and 17 with Joe Burrow and you're like whoa like you know it's it's such a different way to consume college football these days even even from like five years ago it was just when not everyone was recording everything or like just oh, watching yeah, everything yeah. on youtube tv or w- easy ways to upload stuff um so it was it was interesting it was definitely a unique college football saturday for yours truly i mean i'm i'm glad you'll be back in action this week i feel sad for you like can we talk about the fact that clemson and syracuse are in prime time that's that's bananas Again, like that would have been a great night for a wedding. <laughs> it was yeah, a exactly. night reception. Um, yeah, it'll be it will be stretching. We'll be stretching it. And and maybe by our bonus pot on Thursday we'll have convinced ourselves that Syracuse can make it interesting. Um, but I really think that just speaks to the quality of games across the board. It's good. But you know, whenever we say that, it's always one of those weekends where all hell breaks loose. So let's keep jinxing it. Like That's and fair. something weird's gonna happen. I'm sure Hugh Freeze will be like on a what's next or something. Yeah, what do you think is I, next? I don't know. Like a, I don't know. What's the uh, next evolution? I don't know. Like a uh, oh, like a standing desk. I I want one of those by the way. But like <laughs> standing desk. Can't you see him like with the like on the treadmill? You know, like standing desk. I guess, I'm in the press. Box. Well, but I but he has a back injury, Grace. Like I don't think he can put him in a brace. Move. He'll this maybe it'll be part of his PT. Who knows? Maybe. Like, maybe. Can he well, walk, Grace? Uh, no, not yet. I don't think. I think he's been in a wheelchair. Oh, all right. Maybe. But the the standing standing desk thing is good to know because, I mean, it's too too close. Like your birthday is this week. Everybody can go tweet wish. Oh my god! Happy birthday! But we already our little group, our bachelor 
group chat already got you your birthday present for this year, but maybe next year, standing desk, just going to, you know, file it away, make a mental note of it. Honestly, that that was the best present ever. So thank y'all. Y'all are the best. Yes, we got Grace face masks and self-care things. And basically, I was was actually trying to get Andy Staples also on the face mask (laughs) train. Like, it's it's really relaxing. Oh, my brother's on the train now. He used it this weekend. Excellent. Good. We we need a full report from him. Yeah, oh, he's, okay. He's so it. it was a it was a positive review. He's 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 hooked. He's gonna get yes. a Sephora a Sephora Beauty Insider <laughs> card. Um. So before we go, Grace, we have to do our Monday tradition of giving out roses, and I think we have an honorary one first, right? Yes. Okay. Honorary rose is gonna go to our wonderful producer Mike, who promised us today. Well, maybe promise is a is a no, I think, I think promises. No, promises. Yeah, you know what? Right. I'm going with promise. We found out that Mike had not enjoyed the wonderful experience that is Parks and Recreation. And so he told us he was going to start it. For all of our listeners, if you are not aware, Nicole is basically April's twin. They look exactly alike. We informed Mike of this. He was like, okay, I got to start it. So honestly, kudos to Mike because his life's about to be changed. And I feel like we need to celebrate that. Also, I think he's basically getting this rose because he listened to us like i feel like that was what what made us so happy about this yeah putting up with we us said, honestly he great. should get one every week <laughs> and also that um <laughs> yes my best halloween costume ever was april ludgate so i concur i've actually Take gotten asked if i was aubrey plaza like on a, like out in the public multiple oh, times. i believe that 100 percent um i definitely yeah. believe that like, are you that girl from that TV show? And I was like, oh, Parks and Rec. You should like, yeah. saying yes. And I was like, oh no, no. But I know what you're. I know where you're going on this. You know, like one, one you of those. Just say yes. That's true. Eventually, I'll meet her. Eventually, we'll take a photo together. someday. <laughs> someday. Um, okay. So for real, for real, serious roses. Um, my rose is going to Kayvon Wallace because he Good was choice. everywhere. I thought that he was applying so much pressure throughout the day. You know, we we don't always get defensive stats that actually kind of correlate to the impact that a a defensive player has had in a game. But I actually thought his numbers were pretty good. I mean, he had nine total tackles, six solo, one sack, tackle for loss, and a quarterback hurry. And, like, you know, I mean, that's a great stat line. But it just – he was everywhere. I feel like he he personally – really disrupted Callan Mond. Um, and so I, I felt like it had to be a defensive player. There were so many who had key moments, um, you know, and, and stepped up in different ways. But he was just a consistent thorn in Mond's side the whole time. So, Kayvon Wallace, you get my rose. Honestly, I think he'd probably be pumped about that. I don't know if he w- watches The Bachelor. Um, I don't know if he listens to our podcast, but I do know <laughs> how important this week was for him. So, and that sack was like not your average sack either. That was like a whoa. Like I, you look up from the press box yeah. and you were like, that one hurt. Like that was that was an ouchie. I mean, I, I feel like poor Kellen Mond was probably aching on Sunday. Yeah, he had a he had a gash on his face, and I don't know if it, I think it might have been from that Kayvon hit, but don't quote me on it because I'm not positive. But he had a he had a big. He had a big, like, scrape across his entire cheek. So, Ugh. yeah. Chicks dig scars. It's okay, though. Yeah. So, yeah. Kayvon will be pumped. You know, he's... He was you can tell him that he got a rose. Week. Yeah, maybe I will. You I can... wonder what that would mean. Yeah, you him. should. 
<laughs> okay, so who gets your rose? Okay, my rose, I'm switching sides. I'm going to the offensive side of the ball. And I'm going to Mari Rogers. We talked about him earlier. Uh, but just to come back as quickly as he did is really just insane. Like, I don't know that we have all fully appreciated or marveled at this uh, appropriately, just given, like, yesterday, or excuse me, Saturday was such a big day with the defense and all of our eyes are on Trevor Lawrence and these crazy receivers, et cetera, et cetera. But Amari has been one of those guys that has been so diligent in his rehab from the very first day he found out this was indeed an ACL tear. He hit every benchmark ahead of time. Um, he's just a cool person to be around to. Like, I just appreciate his vibe. Um, he's a really thoughtful player and, uh, it looks like they're going to get him, you know, they're going to keep working him back into the mix. He played 34 snaps on Saturday, which is pretty impressive. Wow. So yeah, which was a lot higher than I thought it was when I went back and looked that it was 34. So, uh, just coming back from that, I know Clemson is thrilled and really happy for him, but that guy just worked his tail off and. It's, I don't know, it's insane. Like, I feel like he's going to be the new barometer of, like, well, look how fast Amari Rogers came back. Well, I feel like if he, you know, it was great. You get back in the game, get involved in the offense again. But really winning this rose from you is the greatest it's, accomplishment I mean, honestly, possibly let's, let's be real here. Like, these guys, like, whatever with the games. They're getting athletic yep. roses. Like, that's going to be the They're getting athletic roses. It's like. You're a medical marvel, but now you have a rose, so it's a different <laughs> level, Amari Rogers. Um, Grace, before we go, we have a question that is not really related to college football, but it is from our good friend, Audrey Snyder. She covers Penn State for us at The Athletic. She co-hosts Dear Old State podcast for Penn State. Um, She's the best human She ever. asked us. She is very funny. She She's asked so us. Funny. We have to do a crossover, crossover content at some point. I'll just laugh the entire time. It'll just be 30 minutes of audio giggling. That is likely. Um, She (laughs) asked us, how many cups of coffee are too much the day after covering a night game asking for a friend? And and just to give some context, Penn State played a night game on Saturday. So, you know. So, yeah. So, she was caffeine up. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I don't think there is a limit. Really? I I don't think so either. Because I feel like you're probably like extra caffeinating yourself in advance of the game. So you're probably, you're not going to be tired when you get home that night. Yeah, so, no way. Um, I mean, like, I, I don't know what a normal day of coffee is like for Audrey. She'll have to tell us. But, like, four seems yeah. like a reasonable number. Once I get into four, may, yeah, once I get into the four territory, it's like, okay, whoa, my heart beats a little faster than it probably should be. For, yeah, my hands are a little shaky. I'm, like, sitting still here. Yeah, but honestly, <laughs> Audrey works so hard. If she needs some caffeine to keep her going, all power to you, girl. You just drink a pot at a time if you want. Well, and especially because her beloved uh, Packers were not playing on Sunday. So she, it's not like she needed to uh, – like, if she needed to nap, she could. She wasn't going to miss anything in NFL's opening weekend. So, you know, I think I think four minimum after a night game seems reasonable. I feel like yes, you'll be jittery, but it seems like it's it, you earned it. Yeah. Is really I'm what I'm saying. That. I'm with that. Yeah, both of okay. my brothers are in town this week and they've had I don't even want to tell you how much coffee they've had. They're just like losing it all weekend long. So, Audrey, like So, have face at masking it. coffee. What a weekend. <laughs> what a Rainers. weekend in the Rainers. Oh man, we're having a party. 
That's how that's how they prep for Grace's birthday, which is Tuesday, by the way, everyone. So be sure to wish Grace a happy birthday. Uh, that'll be it for us. We are Protect the Rock. We are the Clemson podcast from The Athletic. We will be back with a bonus episode for Athletic subscribers only on Thursday. Um, but you're getting this podcast even if you're not an Athletic subscriber. So please subscribe on Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us, review us, share us to your friends. Um, We will be back for the bonus episode on Thursday. For Grace Rayner, I'm Nicole Auerbach, and we will talk to you soon.